You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Um, all right. Just in the few minutes that we have, I'm going to talk to you about living fearlessly in a fearful world. We're going to continue in in the Gospel of John. I'm going to try to connect the dots between something that Jesus said in John chapter 10 in this principle that I think God is bringing us to. I know that, again, this has been quite a week. We've been in all of our fields this week. Um, maybe you've been anxious, nervous, confused, frustrated, afraid, angry. I don't know, maybe all of the above. Maybe none of them. If you're not, good. Um, that's, that's excellent. But Jesus said something very profound in John 10. He talked about what he, who he is as the good shepherd and what that looks like. And this is very important. Now, this scripture has particular um, meaning to me. There was a season of my life where I lost my parents in one year's time frame. Um, my mom, again, you guys have heard this story. I'm just going to, for those who maybe have never heard it, my mom passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease, and then less than nine months later, my dad died from uh, um, a stroke. And in that season, we were living in Maryland. We were church planting and not successfully church planting and everything had been green-lighted for us to go. And I say that God provided supernaturally. Um, the, my spiritual authority and my mentors, multiple, had spoken and said, said um, you know, yes, this is good. Go, it's good. And so we went. And when we got there, um, things just didn't come together. And I didn't understand. And shortly after my dad passed away, I remember looking out of this um, farmhouse that Kim and I and our family were living in in Maryland and looking out the window. Kim had gone and home for Thanksgiving. My dad passed away just a few days before Thanksgiving. I, was at sta- I stayed in Maryland. I worked. I had to stay there to work. And, and nobody was there except for me in this big house. And um, I remember going up to the upstairs bathroom and looking out the window and the Lord asked me, uh, what do you see, Andy? What do you see? And, and when, when God invites you into these conversations, it's, he knows what you see. But he's asking for something a little bit more, something for you to see something a little bit deeper. And, and at that time of the year, in November in Maryland, everything was dead. And we had a tree-lined yard, and, and it was, had trees all around it. And it was beautiful during the spring and the summer. But in this particular part of the winter, it was dead. It was barren. These trees were barren. And I looked out, and my answer to God was a reflection of my soul and what I saw. And I said, God, I see death. I said, Andy, I want you to look again. What do you see? And I, and I, and I kept looking. I said, God, I see death. I see death. I just see death where, everywhere around me. He said, Andy, I want you to look again. And I looked through the tree line. And I saw and in the neighbor's yard who I couldn't typically see, which was, again, we lived on almost an acre of land. I saw a swing set with this little kid swinging around the swing set. And the Lord said, Andy, what do you see? And I said, I see life. And the Lord spoke to this back to me. said, Andy, I'm the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You can follow me. You can trust me. I will lead you. And I believe with all my heart that God brings us to these moments. And this is what Jesus is saying here. There's a lot to what we're about to read that we need to understand in context but the, the bigger picture or the picture for us today is this, is that Jesus wants us to be able to trust him as the good shepherd. And part of that is the understanding of the peace that he brings to our life, okay? So let's read this together in John 10, 1 through 18. This is a big chunk of, of scripture, so, so follow along on the screens of your phones, your Bibles. It says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way as a thief and a robber the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought out all of his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for all the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved." 
they will come in and go out and find pasture. Verse 10, this is the one that we, out of this, this, this passage, this is the verse that we know the, the best probably. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. That's you guys. That's me. That's us. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Here Jesus is talking to multiple groups of people. I believe that there's three different groups of people that Jesus is speaking to. First, we know that he's speaking to the Pharisees, but he's also speaking to those who are believing in his name, the people that are around him of that day. But finally, he's also speaking to us that we might hear, that we might understand what, who he is as the good shepherd. And when he speaks to the Pharisees, he's unequivocally telling them that they are not who they thought they were for the people of Israel. To understand the context of these verses in John 10, we have to know that here the Pharisees thought that they were the gate, that they were the shepherds, that they were in control of the sheep, but Jesus is telling them, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Jesus goes the other way with them and likens them to hired hands and says, basically, you've allowed robbers and thieves to come in. Why? Because they do not lead the people in the truth or freedom. Because if they had, they would have followed Jesus, but they denied Jesus. They called Jesus a heretic. They wanted to murder Jesus, and ultimately they did. And they put the people into bondage. But Jesus goes beyond that and tells them this, that as a matter of fact, that you're not just people who are putting people in bondage, but you're also not even doing what you say you're doing from the right heart. That you don't even enjoy what you're doing. And that's the conversation we just read where Jesus likens them to a hired hand. When the wolf comes, they split. Why? Because their life is more valuable. There's not passion in it. Now to understand this, I think one of the best illustrations that we see here is when we remember the story of David as he tended, for, tended his father's sheep. And what does the scripture tell us here is that David, when he saw the bear and the lion come, what did he do? He beat them down, right? That's a bad dude, David. And David did that. And that's the reflection or the model of what the true shepherd looks like. But Jesus is setting a stage and beginning to differentiate himself from what the world thought as being someone being a good shepherd. But Jesus also talks to those who would hear him that day. He wanted him to know that he was the true shepherd. And the true shepherd does several things, and this is where we're going to today, is that the true shepherd leads, leads his sheep. He loves them. He protects them. He provides life for them. But Jesus also wanted us to know something very important that we cannot pass go before we understand, is this, is that he likens himself to the gate, and there's only one gate. And here's what Jesus is saying, is that there's only one way to get in, and that is through him, through faith in Jesus Christ. And that principle stands to this very day for every person, that listen, the only way that we become sons and daughters of God is to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to believe in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. This is why Jesus said this. I'm going to lay my life down only to pick it up. Nobody has authority to take my life. I choose to lay my life down, and I have the authority to pick it back up. And what Jesus is doing is connecting two dots as both the gate and the resurrection and the life. 
And he's saying this, that the only way that we get into the pen to be led by the good shepherd is by putting our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ. Now friends, let me say this. The only way to walk in peace today, because it is true that this is a decision that we all must make, a one and done decision, if I could say it like this, but I must be careful as I say these words to know that this is a continuing abiding thing, meaning this, that we must trust in the resurrection and the life. We must put our hope and our trust in the good shepherd to receive the life, the peace, the protection that he gives. Sheep can't care for themselves. Sheep don't walk around willy-nilly and just get along in life. Actually, as a matter of fact, from everything that I've read, sheep are rather stupid. You're dumb. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're dumb. <laughs> All right. No, why did I say that? I said that on purpose. Because sometimes our posture is this, if you'll hear me through these words, and again, I'm, I'm teasing. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. But sometimes what we do is we elevate our thinking and our strength and our wisdom and begin to take the driver's seat of the care of our life. And Jesus is saying, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Come through the gate of the resurrection power that I provided so that I can care for you, so that I can care for you, that I can bring you peace. And Jesus extends this, the third group of people is this, that Jesus extends this to is us. He extends it to us because he wanted us to know him as the good shepherd who would also lead us, go before us, love us. I think one of the most powerful things that we read here in this, of all the things the shepherd does is this, he leads them in and then when he takes them out, when he takes them into the place they need to be, he goes before them. Think about that for just a minute, friends. Think about the situation that we find ourselves in right now. God is going before us. He has gone before us. I hope that gives you some peace today. To know that in the Good Shepherd, that there's not a place that we walk that God is not before us. That he hasn't provided the good grass for us to eat from. The place of his spirit that brings us life and peace and future. Even when the wolves are trying to get in. And this is also what's exciting in this passage here that Jesus likens himself to and says that this is what he is for us is the one who beats back the enemy. And this is where we, we love this verse in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. But to be able to understand that verse apart from just the times that we pick it apart and, and randomly claim it, to understand it in context, we must see it like this. And it should be read like this, that there are going to be enemies, enemies against your soul, enemies against your future, enemies against your peace. But when you come into the life, something will give way. But every time an enemy comes against the life and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, if we trust in Jesus that the enemy must concede to life. Jesus isn't simply giving two options and saying, listen, somebody's trying to kill you, but I'm trying to give you life. Follow me. In a sense, he is saying that, but he's saying this, that if you are in me, the enemy can't get you. You might see the enemy all around. The enemy might be at the, at the edge of the thing going, har, 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 har. <laughs> har, 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 har. <laughs> I might have mad cow disease. I don't know. <laughs> you might feel it. You might say, that sheep going, oh, bah, there's the wolf. Bah, you know, He's outside the gate. But the shepherd's like, don't worry. <laughs> I chew bubble gum and beat up wolves, and right now I'm out of bubble gum. <laughs> I'm going to make you guys laugh today, I promise. I'm going to do my very best. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that it's not the absence of the storms of life that brings us peace. It's the authority, knowing the authority of the one who we're settled in. Oh, man. 
Man, thank you, Jesus. He's a good shepherd. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty today, and let's talk about how we live. How we live in peace in an unsettled world. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to you about three voices really quick, okay? And then I want to make some declarations and pray over you guys. We need to understand the voice of fear, the voice of faith, and the voice of wisdom. The voice of fear, the voice of faith, and the voice of wisdom. Really quick, I want to talk for just a minute on the voice of fear. Because I want you to understand if maybe today you might be listening a little bit too closely to the voice of fear. Because fear should not have a place in your life of sustained presence. That's very important. All right? Fear should not have a place in your life of sustained presence. There is a possibility that you may momentarily be in fear, but fear is to bring you to wisdom so that you can hear the voice of faith. All right? So how do we know what the voice of fear says? The voice of fear is fatalistic and doom-filled. It offers no hope. It's sometimes irrational. It's irrational. I don't know about you, but I know that the times that, and, and again, I'm not going to go into the backstory because there's so many other stories out here that are deeper and more profound than mine. But I know what it's like to, to, to listen to the voice of fear. And I thank God for, for two things. I thank God for his patience, his grace, his consistency in my life. And I also thank God for the voice of my wife. Because my wife has a very good fear detector. She'll say, that's irrational. <laughs> and I'll go, no, it's not. I'll recklessly try to, de- to, to defend the voice of fear. But what I realize as I begin to listen to the truth of the Holy Spirit, as I begin to listen to the people that God's put in my life, is that... I'm listening to an irrational thing. And that's the voice of fear. The voice of fear is irrational. There's no future. There's no hope. We're all doomed. We're all going to die. We're all going to never going to get out of here. I'm going to be bankrupt. I'm going to die. In, in, in reality, none of those things. I'm never going to see toilet paper again in my life. <laughs> I can't flush paper towels. <laughs> oh, oh. I want to say something so bad. All right, not gonna. (laughs) But the voice of fear, listen, the voice of fear also distracts us from our calling and our future. It speaks in the terms, speaks in terms of impossibility. And that is in direct conflict with what the word of God says. God's very clear about the fact that he works in spite of what we think is impossible. The voice of fear disorients us from the knowledge of the truth of who God is. It lies about his goodness. It lies about his care and provision. It lies about his protection and the promises that he has given us. The voice of fear will lie about all those things. The voice of fear originates, John 10.10, from the thief. It originates from the thief. It attempts to dislocate us, to disorient us from the knowledge of the truth of who God is. And when you hear yourself heading that direction, understand it is time to recalibrate. It is time to get in this place. The reason why we're talking about three voices is this. I realize, I know this in my life, I know this in many other people's lives, that sometimes the jump from fear to faith is too big of a jump. And that's why God gives us the voice of wisdom. The voice of wisdom. Now I want you to hear this real quick before we leave the voice of fear. Is how do we know that we're listening and maybe being led by fear? Do you possess a steady absence of peace or true inward peace? There have been times that in my life I'll wake up in the morning and I just feel a deep-seated anxiety, a wrestling inside of my soul. And I realize that what's happening, I have to stop. I have to meditate on the Lord. I have to ask the Lord for wisdom. I have to say, God, what is going on here? I have to listen to his voice. I have to listen to what the word says. I have to reflect on the promises of God. Why? Because there is something that is shaking inside of me. There is an absence of peace, true inward peace. 
How do you know that you're being led? Maybe you're listening a little bit too much to, this, by, to the voice of fear. You feel paralyzed or stuck. You feel paralyzed in your calling. You feel stuck in the place that you are. You do not see hope at all. And the final way is this, one way we might know. This isn't just solely inclusive to this, but this is something if you see some of these other things, maybe it's time again to take inventory to recalibrate, is that we can see the voice of fear in our language. Our language lacks courage and encouragement. The way I like to say this practically is you're speaking, the glass is always half empty, right? We took our kids to San Antonio last week, and my wife is a vacationer. She gets excited. I don't care if we go to Beaumont. It's, like, exciting. She's like, let's go, let's go. It's exciting. And she told me this. She said, and it's really profound, and I think this is so profound. She goes, Andy, I just, I, I realized this, that if I don't speak positive about it, that it's going to be hard for it to be a good time. I want to get excited and speak positive about it. So every morning to encourage my wife, what I did, you can ask my daughters, is that I got up about 6.30 in the morning and I flipped on the lights and I sang, rise and shine and give God the glory, glory. That's what my mom used to do to wake me up. And then I'd jump on the bed and say, I'm so excited about vacation. (laughs) And my wife was like, you're an idiot. But our language, when it lacks courage and encouragement, may be an indication that we are maybe listening a little bit too closely to the voice of fear. And we see these things. Now let me talk, before I talk about the voice of wisdom, I want to talk about the voice of faith, okay? So what is the voice of faith? The voice of faith is what the Bible calls being led by the Spirit. But that's a big thing. That's a big thing. Understanding what it means to be led by the Spirit is a big thing. But in a nutshell, it's this. It's, it's part of the understanding of hearing the voice of faith is understanding where it comes from, where it's seated, how God releases it, how he speaks to us in this, in this place. And in doing so, we have to understand how we're made up. Now, I know many of you have heard this before, but I know there's some people that maybe haven't, is that you are made up. God designed you in three parts. This is me paraphrasing a big idea here. Is that your body, your flesh, you like to eat, you enjoy holding hands, I don't know, right? Some of you don't. They're like, no, don't touch me. And you, in, you feel things. You, you desire things. And then you also have a soul, and that's the seed of your emotions, the things that you feel. That's where the voice of fear takes root. And then finally, you have a spirit. And this is the part of you that is born again, that is renewed into the image of God, that was created in the image of God, that has the ability to hear God, to know God, to interact with God. And this is the profound difference between the two, the voice of fear and the voice of faith, is that the voice of fear does not have any room in your spirit. This is why you can take authority over this, is because it's seated in your soul, whereas the voice of faith is seated in your spirit and can guide your soul and your flesh. This is really important, guys. This is so important. Because when we sing songs that command our soul to praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise the Lord. This is what we are telling ourselves to do. Soul, you are going to come under the authority of the thing that guides the universe. You're going to come under the authority of God Almighty. And by a declaration of my spirit, soul, you are going to come under the alignment of the authority of heaven. Expected a little bit more response on that. That was weird. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, praise the Lord. Why? Because your soul does not feel like praising the Lord. So you are commanding your soul to come under the authority of the Spirit of God. The voice of faith sits in the seat of your spirit. And so the voice of faith comes as we choose to anchor to the truth of who Jesus is. We anchor to his promises. The voice of faith hears inward peace of Jesus in our lives, even when things around us are raging. Again, I'm going to say this a couple times, but faith can be active even when storms are coming. Matter of fact, it should be the most active when storms are raging around you. When things feel like they're falling apart, this is a time to stop and to listen to the voice of faith. 
when we're being led by faith, we might feel some fear, but we keep moving forward in the promises and the calling of God. This is what Paul said in Romans 8, 37 and 39. It says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, listen, that it is not the absence or, or the presence of everything being fine that brings or allows me to hear the voice of faith. It is the inward knowing of the truth of who Jesus is. We follow the voice of faith as we spend time listening to the right things. We stayed anchored to the rock. Now this is so important because in these times, again, I cannot, I, I know we're, we're talking from a lot of different angles out of different parts of our mouth over and over and over again until our minds are numbed about this, what's happening in the world right now. Is it being inflated by the media? Is it, is it, is it brought on by this? All the different conspiracy theories. I mean, there's so many different angles to this. But here's the reality, in spite of all of that, what a beautiful opportunity we have to stop, to pause, to recalibrate, to begin to listen to the right things. And it is impossible to hear the voice of faith when you are listening to the wrong things. You have to listen to the right things. Friends, let me say it bluntly, protect your ears, protect your eyes right now. You shouldn't be touching your phones anyways, just put them aside. <laughs> let, me, let me just get a little bit ornery for just a second. We could all handle a detox in our flesh and in our soul. We could all handle a detox. And we need to protect ourselves from what we are hearing and listening to. And if you're going to hear the voice of faith, you have got to be anchored in listening to the right things. That means you have to be listening to the word. You have to be listening to life-giving things. And you have to not listen to the wrong things. Friends, I know that sounds something that you've heard so many times and is painfully practical, but it is time to implement this. This is the season. If faith is going to grow, you must do this. Listen to what Jesus said in the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The coronavirus came. The winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. If I could say it like this, that part of the application of doing what the word says is listening to the right things and detaching from the wrong things so that the voice of faith can grow. And you have, as you have excess time on your hand, whether if it's because you're working from home or you have to stay at home or, or whatever it is that you can't go out to the restaurants you want or the theaters or whatever may come in terms of a shutdown in our nation, it is a beautiful opportunity to tune in to the right things. It is a beautiful opportunity as families to reconnect to the truth of why they love one another to turn the TV off, to enjoy one another. It is a beautiful opportunity to worship the Lord. It is a beautiful opportunity to turn your phone off, to detach from TV, to do all these things so that you can hear the voice of faith. If you're speaking out of, again, I'm, I'm gonna get off this, I'm gonna get off this soapbox in just a second, all right. But right now, I'm still on it. If you say you trust God, but you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth and you're speaking fear while you're speaking faith, you're not speaking faith. Mm -mm. I'm telling you, you're not. 
And friends, take what's happening out of our nation, out of the equation, because that's so responsive, it's ridiculous. But let's put it in the context of what the church, as believers, we are called to be. As a people who are led by the voice of faith that shut down the other things of this world so that we can uh, tune in acutely to the voice of the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit. And in order to do that, we must shut off the wrong things and tune in the right things. We know this when our language reflects faith, when it's filled with courage and encouragement. But I have to talk about this. Because I know that, again, this jump from fear to faith is sometimes a very big jump. And I want to offer you great grace today and encouragement for every one of us. What happens when we're at a crossroads? What happens when we feel overwhelmed by fear? And fear doesn't mean that you're weak faith. Fear doesn't mean that you are, are bound up. Fear does not mean that you're a failure. All fear means is that you're human. But what happens when we are trying to get out of the place of fear and say this can't be a sustainable thing in my life because I can't handle it emotionally, I can't handle it physically, I need to get into faith, but we don't know how. What happens when we stand at the crossroads? And this is where I think that the voice of wisdom comes in. Let me read this to you in James 1, 2 through 8. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Justin, come on up, bud. So what is the voice of wisdom? There are times that we struggle in the midst of a trial, a testing of our faith where we might feel like we stand at the crossroads. So here's what we need to do. This is what I believe James tells us that we need to stop and take the time to meet with God. When we fear or we feel like we're struggling in our faith, again, we're given this beautiful opportunity to reset our focus on Jesus. This doesn't mean, again, we're absent of faith, but it means that our faith needs to be strengthened. One of the greatest tools that God gives us is coming to the end of ourselves so we turn to him, giving us the opportunity to stop, to see Jesus in the middle of our situations. But before we can hear the voice of wisdom, we have to stop. And what I've found in my life as I look for wisdom, and sometimes I do it incorrectly, is this, is I don't stop moving in my mind or my body. And the way that I know this is this, is that as I'm searching for wisdom and I'm trying to get out of a place of fear, to get into a place of faith, if I don't stop, if I don't come to the end of myself, if I don't pause to spend time with God is this, is that I'm going to run around and I'm going to try to grab wisdom from a lot of different sources. And inevitably what I find is this, is that I'm going to grab the wrong things nine out of ten times. And instead of resulting in any peace, what happens is I just get deeper in anxiety. What if I do this? What if I do this? What if I make this decision? What if I try this? Well, so-and-so said this. I read this. I, I saw this. But in reality, what I failed to do is I failed to stop. I failed to come to the end of myself. I failed to say, God, I do not know. I do not have the wisdom. I do not have the answers. Only you do. And again, I'm not trying to say something five different ways over and over again, but this is so important. It's so important. If we would only stop, if we would only humble ourselves, come to the end of ourselves, say, God, we don't know, to admit our inability, but to say, God, you do know, 
And so I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to come into your presence. I'm going to wait till I hear your voice. Because when we do, he speaks. This is the promise that we're given in James chapter 1 here, that if we lack wisdom, we will ask God, who gives it generously to all without finding fault. And that statement right there is packed with tremendous grace. That all God looks for us to do is to look to him, to come to the end of ourself. I know I'm saying the same words over and over again. I'm doing it on purpose. Because his response is this. Well, you dummy, it took too long. Too bad. Should have done this earlier. Well, you made these bad decisions. I can't help you here. You deserve what you get. Now, if only you went to church more, I I would help you out. If only you didn't do this or say this to this person, I I, I would come. I I would step in the situation. But God doesn't say this, and this is why there's a tremendous amount of grace packed into this passage here, is that he does it without finding fault. God doesn't look at you and withhold wisdom because of something that you feel that might limit you from his grace. Instead, he redefines grace to you and the fact that he gives wisdom without finding fault. And all he does is ask us to stop, to come to the end of ourselves, to humble ourselves, and to listen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing that this passage says is this, is that we have to learn to trust what he says. Some of you right now are walking through very fearful situations. But you've heard what Jesus has said. You've heard him say that I'm with you. You've heard him say that I'll never leave you. You've heard him say what John 10 says, that I'm the good shepherd. I go before you. I lead you into the right places. I protect you. I provide for you. You've heard him say it's going to be okay. Then this is our time to trust him. Anchor yourself to his words. He will not fail you or leave you incomplete in any way. The third thing that we have to see in the midst of this, when we ask for wisdom, to listen to the voice of wisdom, is that God is always working out a bigger opportunity than for us just to get through a storm. And this is so, so important here. This is so important in this season. The church must hear this. We must hear this as the church this digging the well of faith, that there is something that God is doing in the church and freedom, in the church in the United States, and asking us to do. And this is what the scripture says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is always something that God is doing in you that is bigger than just getting you through the storm that you are walking through right now. He is perfecting a truth about who he is inside of you so that you will stand stronger than you have ever stood before. And if God is truly If there is anything on this digging a well of faith, giving us an opportunity to dig a well of faith again, a deep well that stands up and says, this is what the Lord says. He who is seated on the throne has spoken, and this is what he says, and this is where we will stand. It is to have that fortified in us. Because friends, this is not gonna be the last thing that hits this world before it's all said and done. But learning the voice of wisdom so that faith can grow inside of you will make all the difference in how you handle it the next time. There's always something bigger that God is doing inside of us than what we see. God is perfecting something very beautiful in you. He is building in you and me the perfection of who he is so that we will be complete in every aspect even when we go through the storm. I want to give you some simple steps today, some things to think about. Take them or leave them, it's fine. I want to encourage all of you today. 
this week and the weeks to come to stop and relax, listen and be at peace. Stop and relax, listen and be at peace. As a people, we have forgotten, we have forgotten what it is just to relax. We don't know how to relax. It's shameful when we hear statistics that we got to be on vacation for at least three days before we start to really relax. <laughs> you don't have enough time off at your job to relax. Do the math. You travel somewhere, you're three days in, you got to go home. You're not even fully detached. That's why we say dumb things like, I need a vacation from my vacation. What? <laughs> what? Stop and relax. Listen, be at peace. Stop and relax. Again, I've said it so many times, detached from the things of this world, connecting to the truth he is. Listen to the right things. Start today. I love having Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. You know why? I don't get to watch the news and the commercials. We were at the hotel and we were watching in the morning, watching the news. And anxiety started building up. Then a commercial came and it threw it into overdrive. You were a friend, suffer from this, this, and this, this. I'm the Texas hammer. I'm going to hammer down. <laughs> Have you been exposed to this? What would happen to your family if you were to die today? Do you have life insurance? I'm going, holy smokes. <laughs> Who's watching television this time of day? This is scary. I don't even want to be a part of this. Thank you, Netflix. No commercials. Whew. Sign me up. <laughs> Think about it. Now, friends, listen, really think about that for just a second. The little things add up. The little foxes spoil the vine. Understand, no, most importantly, let's pray for this revelation. Again, we've said it so many times, and we're going to continue to say it, that he who holds the world together knows you by name. Mm, man, that's good. He who is enthroned in heaven, he's like, Andy, I know you. I created you. I've gone before you. I know the plans I have for you. You mean, God, that you saw my plans, the plans? You created the plans that you had for me, and you knew the world was going to do this? Yeah. Really? Yeah. When we really think about it, when we come into the awe and the majesty of God, when we understand that he is the shepherd and as sheep, we really, the best place to be is in a place of trusting. It brings so much peace. It brings so much peace. You know why people are hoarding toilet paper and hand sanitizer and Clorox and looking for remedies, getting a cold bath, take a hot steam shower, cross your legs? I don't know what's, what's all the remedies are. You know why? You know why we're doing that? It's not because we're afraid of getting sick. It's because we're afraid of being out of control. And that's a sin. You were never given an option of control when you came into Jesus. And you should thank him. You weren't given control in the fact of saying that this is what I did to deserve it. Nope, grace speaks a better word. There's nothing that you can do to do, have done, that deserves grace, but you give it freely. You're not in control of the future and the plans that God has ordained. He's orchestrated and done them. All you have to do is walk through the door. The only point of, uh, of obedience you have is to say yes and to go. This is, the, this is the plan, guys. You get it, right? This is the model. There's a model with Abraham when God first met with man and said, I'm going to be a people unto you. I'm going to call you as a nation. Follow me. Go to this land. Abraham got up and went. It's the same today. The last simple step is this, is look to have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Smile, laugh, watch something funny. Enjoy conversations, enjoy family. Choose to smile, choose to laugh. 
Really. The Bible says that a merry heart does good like medicine. Choose to be happy. Choose to be happy. Choose to be happy. Find something to smile about. I saw my little niece, Ari, in a beautiful little dress this morning. I'm a little mad at her because she didn't let me hold her, but it's okay. I love her. But she was dancing. She was, she was showing everybody her dress, showing them her shoes. I'm like, Lord, give me Ari's spirit. I just want to be happy. I want to show everybody. Y'all like this coat I'm wearing today? Come on. I look good. Mm, people are like, what is going on? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I figured today's the day I'm going to dress up for y'all. Smile and have fun. Now let me pray over you guys as we close today, okay? Thank you for, for being here today in all sincerity. Thank you for having, just showing up. Again, understand, understand this. That we're going to walk in wisdom as a church. We're going to do the right things. We, we're going to listen to, I listen to my elders. Uh, we listen to the counsel of what's out there. We're never going to put you guys in risk. We're not asking us to, faith is not simply blowing past the, the right things. Wisdom and faith work hand in hand. And I hope you see this, okay? I hope you see this. But here's what you can't do is that you can't throw fear into that attachment, okay? You can't say, well, I'm afraid and so I'm, I'm masking it as wisdom and I'm trying to make faith work. No, wisdom and faith, you're going to have the peace of God. You're going to have the peace of God. But you can use wisdom and faith together, okay? You can use wisdom and faith together. Wisdom might say to stop and that may be the voice of faith. Wisdom might say to, hey, we're going to do things a little different. That might be the voice of faith. But peace will always come with it. Peace will always come with it, okay? Future will always come with it. Let's pray. And as we pray, I just want to make these declarations over you. No matter what you feel like today, Jesus is in control. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So, Father, this morning, I just declare over these people your peace, the peace of God in the name of Jesus over every person. Father, I declare your healing and your protection over every one of us today. God, that you're keeping us in health. You're keeping us protected. You're covering us. You are the resurrection and the life. Father, today I pray that we would hear the voice. Give us ears to hear. The voice of the good shepherd leading us. Jesus, even as you said in John 10, that the voice of the shepherd, the sheep know. They listen to his voice alone. God, give us ears to hear your voice. Give us ears to hear your voice. Father, I pray and I declare over those today that need wisdom, that they're facing situations, Lord God, in their life. I pray also that their ears would be open, that they would stop that, Father, all of us would humble ourselves, that we would listen to you, and that we'd hear your voice speak to us. Lord, I pray for a fresh boldness of faith, that as a people that we would not retreat, but, God, that we would move forward boldly in the steps that God has called us to. Just keep your eyes closed here. There are people here that have begun to take steps. They feel, like, they feel like in their life that this is a season where God has, has begun to rapidly put steps out and then this snuck in, the voice, this, this, this happened, this situation in the world happened, boom. And so what I want to declare over you is this, is that bold faith, bold courage, boldness in your life to not stop, to keep moving forward because the plans that God has set is just what Jesus said in John 10. I came in first, and I'm going to go out first. I'm in front of you. I'm behind you. I got your back, okay? Keep moving. Just keep moving. Keep moving, all right? I am the resurrection and the life. Nobody took my life from me. I, I laid it down. Only I had the power to do it, and only I had the power to pick it up. I am the resurrection and the life. Keep moving forward. I just pray for bold faith. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep stepping forward. Father, we just, in the name of Jesus, we break the voice of fear. 
the lie of the enemy. We break it in the authority of the name of Jesus. It has no place in your sons and daughters. We break that authority in the name of Jesus. We break fatalistic, doomed thinking, God. Fearful thinking in the name of Jesus. Let future, let peace abound. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare the resurrection power of Jesus Christ over every one of us that we would know that the one who is in us, the one who leads us, is the one who has overcome. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Everybody look up here before we're dismissed. I want to just remind you that if you are in a position today where you need something, you need somebody to help you, you need somebody to go to the grocery store for you, you need somebody to go to Sam's Club for you, Jeff, Jeff's here, all right? (laughs) No, no, I'm being serious right now. Some, some of you that maybe find yourself in a position where you can't, because of medical situations, can't be out, and you need help, please, please let us know. If you're a single parent and you can't get out, let us know. Please, 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 we will help you. We will help you. If you're afraid financially, let us know, okay? All right? Okay? You're going to be okay. You are not alone. Not only is Jesus with you, but you have a family here that loves you, a family here that is in your corner. All right? We're fighters, man. Chuck Norris got the coronavirus, and the coronavirus quarantined itself for 14 days. What's up? Stand up. Stand up. But you're laughing, aren't you? You're having fun. All right, gotcha. All right, here we go. Lord, I just declare your grace over every person. Thank you for your goodness, God. You are good, Lord. We trust you. We love you. Love you so much. Father, every need that we have, you are you have fully supplied, Lord. Help us to walk in peace. Though the storms may come, though the winds may rage, God, the Prince of Peace is in us, and we are at perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. I declare your grace over every person in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We love you so much. Have a great day. Don't forget to hug Jeff on the way out. All right.